0: hello and welcome to creative sessions with creative people the show by creatives for creatives with me your host alan grant and we are back The show has returned. Creative Sessions with Creative People is back. We were on hiatus for a little bit, but do not panic. The show is back with a bang, and we're in full swing. And this week, I was able to sit down with Ronica Merle, an award-winning and twice-option screenwriter, and we had a fantastic chat. And that's what the show is all about, just great chats with great creative people. And Ronica uh, has quite an amazing story to tell. We talked about her memoir and the background on that to her venturing into producing and acting for the first time in a feature, no less. We talked about how she uh, maintains her writing routine, advices about pitching, and also just making it in this crazy, crazy, crazy industry. We talked about it all. And yeah, I'm going to leave you in suspense no longer. Here's my great chat with the one and only Ronica Merle. So here we are on Creative Sessions with Creative People, episode number six I'm Alan, and with me, I have the fantastic Ronica Merrill, an award-winning and twice-option screenwriter. She's quit the 9-to-5 recently and is is now a full-time writer and doing well. I follow all her updates. She's doing amazing work. Always, always busy. She's uh, knocking out projects left and right. She's amazing. Welcome, Ronica. How are you?
1: Thank you so much. That was the, probably one of the best introductions I've gotten on any oh. on any podcast ever. Oh, you're very,
0: you're very, you're very <laughs> oh, welcome. Well, God. I I gotta give credit where it's due. Oh. Um, you're doing amazing work. As I said to you before <laughs> we started recording, uh, I follow all your updates on Facebook, and you are just knocking out project after project. I mean, I mean, I'm a writer yeah. myself. I'm a writer myself, but I'm looking at you, going, oh my God, you know, you're you're just doing so well in terms of like so many different projects and, yeah you know, you're, you're so many different commitments and you're, yeah. you're you're doing all of them amazingly
1: yeah there's there's a lot piling up um i tend to work quite i tend to work quite quickly um because i tend to get quite bored <laughs> i tend to get quite bored with scripts um if i stick with them for too long so uh, if it normally I, i'd write a feature in about two or three writing sessions. So I take about, I take about probably no more than 24 hours altogether. Um, usually those 24 hours would happen within two or three days. I mm. like being busy. I like, I like keeping, um, keeping the the movement going. Um, I think that's, that's the only way um, that my, my productivity um, kind of makes me happy um, to just as you were saying, just one after the other, one after the other. So that's how that's how I like to work. Yeah.
0: No, I and you know what? I'm somewhat similar, except I, I might get bored with projects, but I find I have so many unfinished projects. So I never, I never really like the I finish a lot of them, but most of them I just have so many ideas that I end up having a lot of unfinished mm. pro- um, products out there. Um, oh yeah.
1: Well, so. yeah, I yeah, I used to I used to have that a lot. Um, I used to have that a lot especially before I came into before I came into screenwriting when I was still trying to make it as a novelist. <laughs> oh god, mm. that's not me. Um <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't work. Um but uh I find the good thing about screenwriting is that's it's quite short. It's quite a sh- it's quite quick. Um uh, it's quite a fast-paced medium. And so I found that switching into the medium of of screenwriting has helped uh, me be able to finish projects. And I tend to not, I tend to not start writing a script unless I already know that I'm going to absolutely 100% within, like I said, within 24 hours, be able to finish it. So I I do a little outline for myself, just a one pager, and I have about 50 of those just floating around. Um, Mm -hmm. And if I don't absolutely want to stay up the entire night, want to absolutely write this if i if i don't write this i'll suffer you know um if i don't have that feeling about the story i tend to not even start Um, so the the sunken cost fallacy kind of goes away then because you're feeling okay you're not feeling like you've invested, so you just you know you're, you're you're not even you're not investing as much time and um, and so i find that helps me tremendously to just justify yeah. um yeah putting the work in
0: Mm. and how did you um start with your writing process like because that takes a a lot of time to develop a writing process Mm -hmm. and more importantly to stick to it so like Mm -hmm. how did you come up with your writing process how did you find what worked for you
1: um I so I'd always been a writer but um I think I used to do a lot of copywriting I used to do a lot of copywriting for ad agencies um German ad agencies actually, you know, a, a German ad agency that worked with Swiss small companies to provide their website copy. So like obscure shit. Um, and so that's what I use. That's, that's where I kind of cut my teeth. Mm. And that teaches you about structuring your writing and about finishing what you started and about, you know, um, being able to put copy down in in a a focused kind of eight hours a day kind of way. Um, And I think having, doing that on top of a normal full-time job, Mm. it just discipline. It just really teaches you discipline. So if you have deadlines that, if you don't meet the deadlines, you don't get paid. Um, So yeah, having a proper, just a proper writing job, I think, uh, before you start being a creative, um, I think that really helps because yeah it you just learn to see it as a job so for me it's very easy to see my my writing isn't you know it's not my hobby it's not my it's not just my art it's my job I do this for a living and I think that's very important and I think that's what a lot of people kind of who who either are just want to do it as hobbyists or who struggle to to make it into the professional kind of to make the transition into professionalism i think that's what a lot of people struggle with is that they in the back of their head yeah. it's still a hobby to them but it's not as soon as you decide that you want to be a professional in any in any um section of this industry when you make that mm. decision you have to then stop seeing it as just your art or as just your hobby it's not anymore and um, and i think that that is what shaped everything
0: mm. and you recently made the jump Mm. um from the old nine to five um yeah. as we know it and now you're you're, you're working full time how did you come to that decision and how did you find the transition
1: how was That was that was weird actually because i said when i'm 30 i want to be able to live off my writing and then all of a sudden i was 29 and, uh, there was no chance in hell, like six months ago, there was no chance in hell that I would ever be able to live off my writing. Not, no, I thought, okay, I'm going to have to reset this goal. <laughs> it's going to have to be 40. <laughs> Fuck this. Sorry, sorry if I don't curse, but yeah, I will curse. Um, but yeah, so no, I said, oh no, no chance. I'm making, I'm making the jump by 30. Absolutely not going to happen. And then after the memoir was done, I just kind of sat back for a while and said, okay, what, what, what do I want? Um, 30s coming up, what's happening here? What am I doing? Who am I? <laughs> Existential crisis. <laughs> and then kind of like, as if it was a slap in the face from the universe, um, my job said that I had to go back to nine to five. Like we'd, through COVID, um, the job had been quite liberal and they had said, okay, if you need to get your work of the night, then get your work done in the middle of the night. We don't care when you work as long as at the end of the week, the work is done, which was perfect for me because I have two young children, um when I can work I will work I'll get the job done but if I have to do it at three Mm. o'clock in the morning then so be it um and the job said my job my old job said who were wonderful I I used to love to work there they're absolutely amazing um but they just for their own business structure had to Mm. needed me back nine to five um and I said I am no longer willing and able to do that. I am not, it's not happening. I was starting to get uh, commissions um, for script reviews or for tutoring sessions for, for screenwriters. I was starting to get lecturing uh, jobs. I was starting to, you know, <clears throat> there was so much piling up in, in my writing career that I just thought I have, to, I have to make this decision. And incidentally, without me planning, like this was, this was the biggest coincidence. 30 days after my 30th, I did, I did reach my goal of, of quitting the job by 30. Um, so yeah, that was crazy, that was the craziest timing. Um, the transition was quite easy uh, because like I said, I'd, always, I'd already seen my writing as a profession more so than, than a hobby. Um, and so I had mentally prepared myself for, for the worst. I had mentally prepared myself to be starving.
0: Excellent, excellent, and I believe you are referencing uh, your memoir there, which the the unfinished heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, heart, I know, understand yeah. that's chronicling some, you know, like personal um, stuff that you had going on mm. in your life, and you know, personal things that you had to overcome, mm. and um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So how how was the process writing that? Because that's going back that that's going back to prose, which you obviously were were a fan of. I, I'm assuming you're you're you a yes. reader growing up and. You know, you went from prose into the world of screenwriting.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: like, how was how did you find writing prose, and how did you find writing writing the memoir, and then having to write something so personal?
1: Yeah, uh, going back to prose was like coming home. I think going back to prose was was easy. Um, I mean, trigger warning here for everything, but uh, but I was a victim of human trafficking when I was young, and I was uh drugged and abused by my parents i was it was like this shit just doesn't end so there's 140,000 words (laughs) written down about about like you know all the all this all this all the shit that happened um but writing it i think was very important and very cathartic i i don't think I should have attempt, attempted to write it without you know professional kind of backing there and kind of checking in with my mental health all the time um but it was hugely important to write it, and I think it's going to be hugely important when it comes out mm. um, and I will never not make it my purpose to speak out about you know um sex trafficking. so um I think the purpose of writing it just reinforced it in my head that the purpose of my art any creative endeavor that I'm ever going to undertake will always be to shed light onto something and I think that's what the unfinished heart really does it it sheds light it's just my personal story but it's not like that it's you know it's not like I was alone um, in those rooms that was also what's what was most cathartic about writing it um was just that discovery of of you know in writing this I am helping Um, because everybody who's read it so far all the people that I've given it to have said that it has helped them either understand me better understand our relationship better or just in their own lives with with something that they might have gone through and and so yeah my my that's my that's my magnum opus
0: well, in addition to writing, you're also now stepping into the producing game, which is your very first feature. How's, mm-hmm. how how are you finding that? How's how's that going?
1: People keep telling me that I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: well, I will say, uh, well, well, for, I mean, I mean, I definitely when I saw it, I'm like, oh, okay, first time producing, and it's a feature, like not not a not not a sketch, not a short film. You're going straight into the deep end, you know.
1: What the hell am I thinking? Um, I have never, I've never produced anything. I've never produced even so much as a short. I've never even made so much as a short. Um, I have never acted in my life. Not a single take has ever been done. I have never acted, but I am the female lead.
0: Oh, you're. Oh, I didn't realize that. So you're, you're, you're in it as well.
1: Yeah. And is how, it? Uh, I think I saw is it is Shane I? Robinson in it as well? Shane Robinson is in it. Uh, <laughs> no, this is not official, but yeah, he's in it. He's he was he was it was written with him in mind. But he had worked on on a table read I'd done. He just left a very lasting impression. Um, he's great with improv as well, so that was kind of his background, and that was that was that then. Uh, kind of facilitated me asking, okay, do you want to come on board? And initially, it was just for for a live table read. I asked him to come on board. Um, because I thought he'd be good um, because I initially when I wrote it I didn't think that I was going to produce it myself I didn't think that I, I, I thought it was going to go the way of all my other scripts that so I just I'm just gonna sell it um, really normally with all my scripts with every single project that I ever do especially with with feature scripts I I am so 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 happy to give them away because it's not my job. I don't want to be on set normally for any of them. I don't care. I don't care what happens. I wrote the thing. I I made the skeleton, and now it's for somebody else to put the meat on. You know, and the skin and the hair and the makeup. Um, I I I, like again. I had it stuck in my head. I knew what I wanted to say. I knew exactly the story, um, and I couldn't physically sit down to write it because I had commissions to do. I had editing jobs to do. I had other, just other stuff to do, Mm -hmm. um. And so it was festering inside my brain for two days. And I, I, oh, again, I live updated my social media. It was like, I'm about to write this script. I'm 50 pages in. I'm about to be ready. And so I live updated as I was typing. As I typed the end, I knew that this was going to be, this is it. This is my baby. This is my baby. This is the baby I'm going to carry to term. This is the baby I'm going to raise and send off to college and mm-hmm. be there. <laughs> you know, and so... Um, so this was just, it was just that. It, and the weirdest thing about it is, even though Blackbird, which was my first script uh, that I ever optioned, um, that was my literal autobiography. That's a literal, that's four years of my life. It was you feels more personal than my actual life does. Um, because it is just so close to my heart and because the character is mm. just, you know, basically me. Um, and so I wrote it, I... I I finished it. I finished it around yeah. noon, I think, on the on the Wednesday. I started writing on Tuesday. I finished it on noon Wednesday. Um <clears throat> and on the Monday, I had a director slash producer attached. Wow. That was
0: quick. a very quick turnaround. That was
1: quick. That was very quick. That was that was hugely quick. Um which also kind of gave me gave me the the kind of confidence to say, you know what, this is actually going to work. But uh all i can say now is there there is a lot of international interest and we have yeah this shit's happening <laughs> so um so yeah and 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 it's not happening which is what what normally what i think is is standard for the industry especially the, the the indie industry here in ireland is that it would happen you know for 10 grand um on a on you know on a on a weekend shoot or something i know i shouldn't probably get ahead of myself but i don't care
0: I mean like you got an international interest already you got a director DOP attached you know I mean obviously I'm going to ask have you any concerns about stepping into the acting realm yes as well as well because you're you're playing it is it going to be weird for you to play a character in your first ever acting acting role and you're playing a character that's basically yourself that must Mm -hmm. be that's going to be a weird experience for you I imagine Mm
1: -hmm. hell yeah (laughs) hell yes it's gonna be so weird and like I said I'm not a professional actress at all but I think I think um now if we do get the international backers they might want to actually physically audition me which is going to be weird but we're shooting a proof of concept screen test basically as well for myself and for Shane and if that if I suck in that I will just open auditions and just say listen guys I'm not I'm not I'm not able to carry it um I'll I'll you know, but if I don't suck at it, then I'll have the confidence to mm. say, to, to be able to, you know, say, okay, I can, I can pull this off. Um, <clears throat> so yes, acting is weird. I have no formal training. I have zero training. Most of the conversations, uh, it's a very character driven piece. And most of the conversations were conversations that I've actually had. And, um, mm. you know, uh, so it will, it, it will be very easy for me to, to, myself back into the emotional space that i was in when those conversations took place the the director that i had attached he stepped into the producer role now so the director position is still open but we have international interest in that regard as well so um and everybody keeps telling Mm. me that i'm underestimating everything and i keep telling everybody that they are underestimating me (laughs)
0: Well, well, all all I'll say is because I, you know, um, I I've done production, I've done I've done direction, um, I've got a master's in the subject, so I know it's no easy it's it, it's it's no easy task. But you know, experience is the best yeah. teacher. So you're throwing yourself into the deep end. So yeah, I, again, again, I, I I commend you. Not a lot of people would do it, but you're doing it. So you know, yeah. uh, more 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 power to you. And you're you're gonna you're gonna learn so much, mm-hmm. and it's going to be an eye-opening experience, no doubt. And yeah. you know, by international interests. So if it all goes yeah. according to your plan, you're going to be looking back laughing, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely the plan. And I tend to I tend to and see it all goes back to just what we were talking about earlier. You know, all this stuff. How do we put this? If we think that the stuff, the difficulties I'm going to be facing making this movie, um. They ain't difficulties. You know, it, it I've been in difficult situations. Nothing that can happen here. Is you know, it's it's, it's like, you know, if 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 you've walked mm. through hell, uh, the desert seems like a beach. Yeah. And if I fail, look, if I fail, then I fail. And then that's that that's perfectly fine as well. And I have no, you know, qualms about failing. Um, but yeah, like you said, it would be such an exciting opportunity. Um, so many things to learn, so many new mm uh avenues so many new connections that i've made already um absolutely
0: well i think the most important thing that that i can say to you is like i know it's it it might be a scary prospect you're going into a completely new world you're doing you know uh, you've never acted before never produced before it's a feature length but once you surround yourself with a great team that's half the battle and you know once you have a great support there with with your core team and all departments i think that will that, that will hopefully make it a smoother transition absolutely. for you. So yeah, just make sure you've yeah. got a great team around you and it should all go, go, go well, you know,
1: exactly. And the, and the team I've assembled so far, um, they're absolutely, all of them are, are highly, highly, highly professional, um, in their own fields. Um, they are, they are amazing at what they do. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm confident enough. I think.
0: Have you done the table read already or is the table read coming in January?
1: Um, we did one table read uh we did one table read uh to be able to send off to uh to the director or to one of the directors that was interested now this is really announcing shit that i shouldn't be announcing um
0: but okay <laughs> no i'm getting all i'm getting all the, all the scoops
1: <laughs> all of you getting so many exclusives here you getting the cast announcements you getting everything um, <laughs> um I hope to have the proof of concept ready ready um, by mm. then, which is January fifteenth. Is the table read the live table read? Um, I hope to have the proof of concept ready by then, and then show it, show the proof of concept at the table read. Um, so yeah, so that'd be interesting. That'll be hugely interesting. And by that time in January, we should have we should have decisions. Uh, with mm. regards to whether it's going, whether we're going to go international or whether we're going to stay domestic, um, that decision should come within this month. Mm. So, yeah, by then I think the world will look differently, and I think I think we'll have a lot of a lot of things already put in place.
0: Hmm. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I, lo- I look forward to to, read, to reading all about it, and, and again, seeing see, seeing all those all, all those updates. Um, yeah but also now I, I've never asked you as well in terms of like your influences when it comes to writing mm-hmm. who who would they have been both in terms maybe when you're growing up reading prose or novels or you know in screenwriting then like because you found your niche now like in screenwriting you're firmly mm. cemented as a screenwriter so who would be your influences in writing um
1: my favorite my favorite movie in the entire world um is Garcia's Last Days in the Desert it's Yeah, it's Ewan McGregor plays Jesus, which sounds so much worse than it is. (laughs) And I think I made the decision that I needed to be a screenwriter when I watched that movie. And there's a scene in there. um, Mm. And Ewan McGregor plays the devil as well as Jesus. um, And the devil describes what it is like to be in the presence of God. And I'm not religious. And normally I don't do like religious stuff. And I'm not into like the Mm. whole religious thing but it's just this movie is so is so so absolutely incredible and the writing is just so it 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 takes your heart and it squeezes it until you cry and it it goes it goes uh, you know I don't know it by heart but he says you know there's a thing that swallows you whole that is so impactful that is so gut-wrenching that is that that tears you apart mm. and puts you together again in the same in the in, in in the same line. Um so I think that that movie um now I'd always wanted to now I, I'd always been a writer. and um, I think the fact that I that I wanted to be a writer was um when I first saw the Lord of the Rings movies. But I saw that movie probably 2015, 2015-ish. And I started screenwriting in 2018 and so yeah I think it was it was then that I decided no I think I well I think this is going to be if if you can do that with words so yeah my biggest influence would have been would have been Peter Jackson as a mm. filmmaker <clears throat> and Garcia as a writer
0: yeah I know it sounds good I mean um, I'm, I, I must check out that Garcia yeah. film and obviously you just reminded me i should probably watch lord of the rings as well i haven't seen yeah, those films way 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 too long um yeah what what like like what 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 a great trilogy the yeah. hobbit trilogy on the other hand uh, no
1: no and, uh, see there's the difference there's a difference there's the difference one was done the lord of the rings was done for passion and the hobbit was done for money so you can tell you can tell that very
0: very true too digitized for my liking i miss the old yeah. practical effects
1: yeah exactly exactly um
0: but also in, in, in regards to screenwriting, you've also released your very own self-help workbook guide.
1: Yes. How-to uh, how uh, how guidebook for Irish screenwriters, yes. That came out of absolutely nowhere. I had no plan or intention, not even a sliver of an intention to write that. It's not even seen as a, as a standalone profession. Normally, and, and I find this quite, I find this, quite often, especially here in Ireland, whereas abroad, you know, in, in the state I do most of my work in the states, um, like with regards to script consultancy and stuff and, and, and uh, script doctoring, most of that work comes from the states. And so over there being a screenwriter is seen as a profession, as a standalone profession. You are, you know, that's your that's a job description. I mean, are there any, you know, is there really a pathway for screenwriting as a standalone profession in this country? And we figured that, no, it isn't, you know, it's, it's mm. not a way to make a living in Ireland. Screenwriting is not a way to make a living yet. Here I am making a living. So I sat down and wrote a book about it. Um, it took me about a week to write it. Um, mm. it's, it's on Amazon. Now if Amazon stops fucking, sorry, but if Amazon stops fucking up, it, sh- it should be, it should be available. I don't know. I don't know. People keep trying to buy it. People can't. So, for the love of God, whoever hears this, try to buy my book. If you can't, please tell me that you can't. And then I can take all those screenshots back to Amazon. Yes, it is available on Kindle and on paperback, apparently. <laughs> if not, you can just come to me and I'll just sell you a PDF version of it. Um, oh, yeah, I should start doing that actually. Yeah, whoever wants to buy it, fuck amazon whoever wants to buy it just send me an email and we can just i can just send you the pdf of it and it's called the hustle workbook and it's just literally the hustle that it takes the work that it takes to become uh, a full-time screenwriter and to to make a living off of this
0: yeah and speaking of hustle um i I know myself the uh, the grind of having to pitch Uh, scripts and I'm just wondering like how do you find that process or like how do you find like writing a killer pitch letter or synopsis and approaching producers or publishers or agents to get them to read like any any thoughts or advice on that
1: I hate that so much I hate pitching um but it's it's just something that has to be done it's it's part of the job um but um practice I think that's the only thing that's going to save you there. You just have to pitch and pitch and pitch and pitch everywhere you go. And, yes. and the good thing about pitching is <clears throat> if they don't like your pitch, normally the next question is what, do, what else do you have? And if then your answer is I have whatever else the hell you need, then that's already, you got, already got, you have your foot in the door. Um. So don't start pitching until you have a body of work that mm. is, that is going to be that is going to be sustaining um you for you know the next five years because then you can say um okay so you didn't like this but i have a contained thriller also i have a romance fantasy also i have a historical drama also what do you want you know and so that's that's and and also be able to be able to come up with something on the spot and there's a great example there um I I was put in touch with a producer on Friday what he was asking for I didn't have so he was asking for a tv and I write mainly features and I'd written a tv pilot oh like donkey was probably the second script I'd ever I'd ever put together um never seen the light of day because it's really not good and I told him that as this I the only TV I have is what I'm about to pitch you. And it's really, really shit. And it's really not quite good. Uh, But then the next sentence out of my mouth was, okay, but I can write you something. I can write you a treatment. I can, I can write you a treatment in the next 48 hours. Um, he gave me pointers as, as, as to what he was looking for, the theme, the kind of the, 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 the taste of the piece that he wanted. Um, And I had two pilots or two treatments for two uh, series ready. That is what pitching is. Pitching is not pitching your story. Pitching is pitching yourself. Pitching the professionalism that you can bring to the table. The fact that you know what you are doing. That is what you do in a pitch. The storyline doesn't matter. Because the storyline, you know, nothing is ever unique. There's only seven stories in the world. Pitch yourself. It really does take ten thousand hours. It's just—it's a craft that you have to learn. It's muscle memory. It's you—you cannot play the guitar after sitting down for two hours to try to play it. It doesn't work. It just does not work. You know the marble that David was carved from. Michelangelo was only able to carve that because he had the muscle memory. His hands did it automatically because he had practiced so much and so long and it was a lifetime of just work and experience um so be prepared for the first few things that you do to look a bit shit and that's fine but so many people start out on a creative endeavor and then give up because they think oh geez it's not good enough or Uh, now I tried it once and I wasn't good at it and so here I just leave it and I should have this innate kind of mythical talent that people who aren't in the arts think that artists have where they just sit down and you know a symphony comes out of their hands and even though you're making art uh, it is still work that you're doing Um, and and that attitude should be there from the start yeah
0: no 100% agree that is really 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 good advice so anyone who's listening Ron, Ron, ronica speaks words of wisdom so um <laughs> well thank you so much ronica for joining me it's been great to have the chat thank you. and i wish you the best of luck with all of your future projects and especially your first producing and acting role but look i've got no doubt you're going to rock it and keep keep um <gasps> keep firing out all those projects <laughs> I, I look forward to reading it all all about it on social media you're doing great so thank you so much for joining me
1: thank you so much for having me on ellen thank you so much
0: well, that brings us to the end of episode six of Creative Sessions with Creative People. I've been your host, Alan. I want to thank Ronica for coming on to the show. It was great having her on. She had great insight and great tips to make it in the screenwriting business. She is a machine when it comes to screenwriting. And I, as I said many of the time on this podcast, I follow her religiously. Keep an eye on her. She's one to watch and she's doing great things. And I wish you the best of luck in everything that you do, Ronica. You're going to rock it. But thank you all for listening to Creative Sessions with Creative People, Episode 6. Join me next week for Episode 7.